0: Good morning, DJ and PK. It's 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. All right, the countdown is on to the college football season. We are 23 days away from the Utah BYU season opener. Yes, the 100th edition of The Rivalry. Let's head up on the hill. Hear from the Utes yesterday. We'll hear from the Cougars in a few minutes. But uh, right now, here is Utah quarterback Tyler Huntley on 97.5 at 1280 The Zone the passing game be
1: more effective this year, do you think? Yeah, there. What do you think will make the big difference just the fact they're all on the same page? Uh, we've or? just been working all summer long, okay.
2: so. Let's week two
3: out here. This year's your senior year. Are you enjoying this a little bit? Yeah, there. What What are you enjoying the most about being back out of camp, your last one, getting ready to go?
1: Uh, Just knowing that the season is, like, next week and, um, uh, we're just ready to get the season started. That's that's the fun part about being out here, and we get the opportunity to play football every day. So that's that's the fun part about
3: it. A lot of been said about Andy Ludwig <coughs> fitting your style of play. Do you think that's true?
1: Yeah, he, uh, he fit. He fit. Uh, he take into consideration all our our talents and all, and and use that in input plays that works to the best for us. And it's us running the plays. So, he he take that into consideration. and
4: uh, How much is an know. advantage going against a defense like this day in and day out in practice? It's a
1: big advantage because we don't see no defense like this all year. This is probably the best defense we're going to go against all year. So, it's You're great. you glad
4: you don't face that D-line every day?
1: At uh. all. <laughs> At all. <laughs> uh.
4: What do you think their biggest attribute is? Like what, Do you almost feel bad for the opposing quarterbacks?
1: Yeah, definitely. They always get to the ball. They get to the ball and they don't take no playoff. So, Every 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 team got to be ready to play every play against them.
0: There is Tyler Huntley with the media. Now, here's the youth's head coach, Kyle Whittingham.
3: Okay, week two, uh, it was good. Uh, sometimes coming off a day off, which they had yesterday on Sunday, you're a little sluggish, but that wasn't the case today. They got the work done. Uh, defense definitely got the better of the of the practice as far as uh, offense versus defense. Our offense is still a work in progress. Uh, it's a pretty good defense we got out there. It'll, it'll be a test for our offense every single day they come out. And so that's a good thing. And uh, just gotta fight through it. You no know, one's gonna, no one's going to give them anything. They got to, they got to play their way into uh, becoming a good offense, which we believe they will. The last time you had a senior quarterback
2: and Andy Ludwick, it was a pretty special uh, season. Not saying you're going to win the Sugar Bowl this year, but it's got to be a nice uh, thing to have. That, yeah, that is,
3: it's a luxury, and Tyler and Andy seem to click very well. And, and uh, you know, it's been a, a good start you know, with spring ball and the first couple weeks through spring camp or first week in, or fall camp. And so, uh, you know, it seems like they've got some chemistry, and uh, Tyler really fits what Andy's doing and it's by design you know Andy you know you assess the skill set and you tailor the offense to fit the QB which I think Andy's done a nice job of.
4: You've had some great defensive lines over the years what makes this one so special and has the potential to be maybe one of the best?
3: Well I would say two things talent you know just raw talent and then depth you know we have uh, probably nine or ten guys that will be ready to play and contribute and not have much drop off and so that's, that's a luxury and then having those three seniors who are all three so talented uh you know, between John Pindusini, who I think is the as good as any of them. You know, he's, he's underrated. He, he flies under the radar a little bit. And Lucky and Bradley are certainly terrific players. And but I think John's right there with them.
4: Those guys, at least two of them, could have gone to the NFL. What does it say about them wanting to come back and, and finish yeah, what they started? It
3: says a lot. And I think they all three made the right decision. Uh, especially Lucky and Bradley, those are the higher profile guys after last year. And uh, there's more to it than just football. There's educational piece to it. And uh, I think we're. You know where they were projected to get drafted last year, and where they can potentially get to this year with a, with another good year. I think it was a calculated risk that was the right one.
0: Any standouts from today's practice?
3: Standouts today: Francis Bernard. He's he's all over the place. He he plays hard, and he's smart and tough, and he's right in the same mold as uh, Chase and Cody. Same exact type of a player. Uh, Devin Lloyd continues to get better at playing opposite of, of Francis. Uh, Bradley and I's disruptor. Lucky Fotu. You know, the usual guys that you would suspect. Or Jalen Johnson had a good day, so a lot of good things. How do you keep the
4: offense not frustrated when they're going yeah, against the? Yeah, that's like a, the... a
3: good point. You know, we talked about that right after, right after practice today. That, hey, they're going to take your lumps. That, the key is you can't th- let things spiral on you, you. know, When things start going a little bit uh, sideways on you, you got to regroup, keep your poise, keep your discipline, and just keep forging ahead, and uh, eventually good things will happen.
4: With Bowen out, you added a kid late like Carlson. How important was that?
3: It's proven to be of huge importance. You know, we, we took him thinking that it would probably help for depth. And now it's, uh, if we didn't have him, we'd be really behind the eight ball. So yeah, he committed in May. What was the story there? Well, he was a late uh, qualifier, and uh, also he played uh, a different position. You know, for a lot of his JC career, defensive end, and a little bit undersized for a DE, so didn't get heavily recruited there. And so, we projected him as a linebacker, and, and uh, the coaches they were very high on him and thought he could make that transition. And we saw we saw enough on tape that that uh, we thought we could. Uh, you know, get them to do what we need them to do at the linebacker spot.
4: Ventura is one of the better programs down there. How important is it that they come from winning programs?
3: Well, it helps, you know, a kid that's coming from a winning program, you know, has had a taste of it and knows what it's all about. It's not uh, a requisite for us. I mean, if you had your druthers, you'd rather have your guys come from winning programs. But we've taken plenty of guys from programs that haven't done so well that have really done well here.
2: Have you had any players change positions?
3: So far this camp, no. Not yet. Well, Aaron Lowe is getting double duty at safety and nickel. You now he's being experimented with a nickel, but the nobody from offense to defense are, are a completely different position. The
4: acclimation period is over now, so what does that mean as far as going
3: forward being in full pads? Well, we're in full gear today, which on the fifth practice, that's when they let you do that. And Going forward, we'll probably be in full gear probably 50% of the time, and upper is another... Thirty or forty percent of the time, and then just helmets the rest of the time. You know, you just got to gauge it. See, you know how beat up your team is. You know, just you got to have a feel for it. And uh, we have it all mapped out. But sometimes you deviate from the plan just depending on your health and what's going on. Any particular
4: reason to be in the stadium
3: Wednesday? Just because we you know, typically in years past we used to spend a lot of time practicing in the stadium. Now when we got this new turf, we don't need to be there at all. But but we need to get uh, the new guys that haven't been in there the feel of it. We don't want the first game. To be, uh, you know, the first time they've been in the stadium. So we we'll get in there a couple times this week, a couple times next week, and then uh, probably call it. Good. So there no added significance to the actual nope. practice. Nope, nothing. Just just to just to get the experience of being in the stadium.
2: What are some of the attributes that make Aaron Lowe an option at those two positions?
3: He's got great speed. He's got great burst, acceleration. Uh, you know, he's only 180 plus pounds right now, which is not safety size yet. And so we're going to give him a look at uh, at nickel. He's got fluid hips and uh, just, you know, we're not positive he can play there, but we need to take a look and see if he can
2: play there. Who's really starting to assert themselves um, for the two open starting jobs on the offensive line?
3: I would say uh, Kyle Lanterman, uh, Braden Daniels, uh, Paul Tawala. Johnny Maya. Those are probably the top four contenders right now for those other two spots. Now, if Bam gets here, uh, which we hope he gets here later this week, then that would allow us, if he's one of our best five, to bump Nick Ford back inside and play Bam and Darren Palo at tackle. So there's there's still a lot of different ways it could go, but right now, not enough body of work to make uh, thorough evaluations, and the uncertainty of what Bam's situation is kind of puts that in flux a little bit.
2: And Late. Are you What's still guys in the transfer portal this late in the process? No,
3: we're pretty much done with that. Yeah, we're pretty much done.
2: <laughs> You've talked a lot about these young guys on the running back. I mean, do you, do you foresee any of them getting playing time beyond maybe like the four-game redshirt ball?
3: Uh Time will tell. You know, Time will tell. We'll see. You know, The health of the position has a lot to do with that. But uh, ideally, if if Jordan will – I'll be there in a second, quiet. If, uh, if Zach, DHC, and Brump, you know, if all the guys stay healthy – then yeah, probably the four games and, and look at a red shirt possibility. If we get some guys dinged up, then you know the, the objective and the main the main uh, criteria is we gotta win games. Whatever, anybody that can help us win games, we're gonna use.
2: Is Jordan the expected guy that would probably lead that, that If you had
3: to make that decision right now today, yeah, but still a lot of football to be played before we have to make that decision.
2: What
5: makes him so effective though?
3: Uh, he's a natural runner. He's just got great instincts. Uh, if you watch his high school tape, you know, over 6,000 yards. I don't care who you are, what level you play. If you're rushing for 6,000 yards, that's that's an accomplishment. He was in a good league down there. And so he's got uh, physicality to him. He's 205 pounds on about a five foot nine frame. Uh, he runs between the tackles well. He's got speed to get outside. He's a lot like Zach Moss. Bottom line is he's very similar to Zach.
0: There's Utah football coach Kyle Whittingham. All right, we're going to take a break, and then we will head to Cougar Camp. And here from BYU. Stay with
6: us. Take the zone with you wherever you go. Let's go. Download the all-new Zone Sports Network app on your phone and get live streaming of The Zone as well as podcast editions of every show.
0: Good morning DJ and PK it's 97.5 and 1280 the zone all right we just heard from Kyle Whittingham and Tyler Huntley time now to hear from the BYU Cougars let's start with the passing game coordinator Aaron Roderick
2: mentally more sharp than ever he's just um fast decision maker and and um gets the ball out quick and really runs our team just the balance between getting him enough reps and then also just being careful with uh, you know his pitch count and things like that. Yeah, every day we have a number of throws that we're going to hit, and when we hit that number, he's done. Um, most days, though, we we it, we've been able to spread it out over the whole practice, and he doesn't really miss anything. Um, we had one one practice where he only went about three quarters of the practice. The rest the, the rest of the days, is we've been able to spread it out over over the time and he gets all the work is that something you evaluate on like a a practice by practice basis will maybe ramp down as you get closer to the utah game yeah so we have a big picture plan and then we just each day we evaluate where we are but so far there haven't been any setbacks and um he was throwing the ball hard today He, he threw a couple of a couple of balls that were tough throws and awkward body position and threw it hard and saturday through through one about 45 yards in the air uh that was a pretty hard throw as well so he's looks like he's ready to me obviously he's got the green jersey on so he's not going to get much contact but yeah. you know do you, how much do you want to limit him as far as the run game is concerned this season uh we're not going to limit him we, we run the qb here with his arm strength you saw him all last year is it comparable right now to what it was at the end of the year end of the year last year um yeah, yeah, it's comparable. I, I mean, I don't I don't have a speed gun out here, but I don't see him, it doesn't appear to me that he can't do any of the same things he did a year ago. Yeah. What's one area after one week that you'd like to see the quarterbacks improve upon as camp goes along? Uh, just continuing to uh, just overall consistency. Um, you know, there's a few, <laughs> the, the real answer to that question, I can't answer because it's, it's, part of our you know our plan this year we're just trying to be better in a couple areas but overall it's just consistency you know we want to we want to really run the team this year and a year ago um, the play call dictated a lot of what we did and this year we're trying to put a little more in the quarterback's hands. During the spring, there's a lot of emphasis, of course, on the mental part of the game for Zach because he couldn't participate. Have you noticed maybe a jump with him, just with just on the, that mental side of the, of the game? With him? Yeah, he, I mean, he wears me out. He has an insatiable appetite for football. It's like nonstop, twenty-four-seven, and I, like, every day, I'm challenged with how to keep him. Um, keep him challenged you know like it's it's a every day i'm finding new ways to be a better coach to present things in a way that that keep him learning and entertained and and because he's just it's, football's a non-stop thing for him and it's text messages and sending me film clips at all hours all weekend and um it's, he's pretty pretty special guy how is jaron doing so far in camp jaron's doing a very good job he's a good player yeah he's a good player and made some good plays out here and and uh, he's an important part of our team for sure what does he bring that maybe be a little bit different than zach they're very similar i, th- I would say the only thing jaron is uh maybe a little bit thicker but zach's up to 205 now and and uh jaron i think is maybe 210 i mean so they're they're similar guys they're good athletes they're smart they can throw it and um and it's great to have them. glad we had them both.
0: There's BYU's passing game coordinator, Aaron Roderick. Now, here's the head coach, Kalani Satake. Who stood out for you on offense today? Anybody? Can
7: come uh, up. I don't know. i got to watch the film. I mean, I, I think it was, a, it was a long practice and a long day, but there's some good things and some uh, things we need to work on. But, you know, I'm, I'm, uh, I, I don't think it should be good practices every day. You know, I think that, that – uh, uh, we'll have to have some struggles here and there, and, and that means that we're, we're going to make some progress. That's uh, We threw some things at the guys and made the things really difficult. And, uh, whether that's uh, install or uh, the way we're, we're framing our practices, I think it's supposed to get the most out of our guys. So um, I'm not sure it's supposed to look pretty right now, but hopefully we'll, it'll look really, really nice by the time we get to the game time.
3: Kalani, are you finding some guys to get some nice rushes off the edge? How's, how are some of the guys looking that are in pass rush?
7: I feel like I should turn my back on everybody. <laughs> um, no, I, I, let me let me just get yeah, in here. <laughs> so uh, how do? <laughs> no, I think I think the pass. I mean, pass rush, There's a, there's so many parts to it, right? And and, and the coverage is one. But um, I think we have to be able to dial up some pressure when we can and um, take some risks. And uh, you know, but at the same time, I I I'd really like if it, if our four primary four primarily the four rushers can get to the quarterback but uh, so many teams nowadays are taking away the the five-step drop by doing a lot of rpos and and quick throws and max protection so uh, it's just a matter of of a week-to-week thing so um i think i'm not afraid to dial up more people to blitz but uh, we'll see how it goes i'm not trying to give away the game plan right now
0: That's always the goal. Yeah, Hans is just trying to
7: to, – I think last time he tried to give me me do the The running back depth chart right away.
2: (laughs) I was just going to ask you, how are the graduate transfer running backs acclimating?
7: Really good. I mean, I I think, uh, you know, when they take the field, it's a a different level of professionalism. They're – I think a lot of that has to do because of their last year. You know, there's a last go for them, and uh, when they're in here, they're they're practicing. They're not screwing around, and I think it's been it's a really good mindset to to have for our running back group, and uh, they they've all worked a lot harder, and uh, it's starting to show right now.
5: In an overall sense, where might the first week of camp be looking a little maybe either better or different than previous versions?
7: Uh, I think it's uh, probably a little bit different because the guys are, are starting to be really comfortable with. I mentioned day one that uh, we you can tell that the players, the play, the PRPs, the player run practices, were a huge benefit for us and the timing and just the way our guys are, are able to run their routes on offense and defensively, know their assignments. And so um, the peer to peer learning has been a huge benefit for us. But uh, I think you know when we get to Wednesday, they'll be. Uh, the seven practices I'll be able to give you more um, info by then and uh, I think that'll be what media day we'll have our pictures and our our team picture day so yeah probably ask me then I think right now it's going really well and I hate to compare year to year because I think every year is a different deal and you know, we're doing things different this year than we have never done before, and and we're going to do things next year that's going to be different than what we're doing now. So, uh, yeah, I think for us, it's just, a, it's just a different deal. It's really hard to compare all of it.
5: Is that a big part of it, is to always be changing and always be evolving?
7: Yeah, I mean, I think you got to have some things that, that uh, carry over, but uh, for the most part, we have to look at, at it's the... Uh, the insanity issue, right? You can't just keep doing the same things over and over again and expect it to be, you know, better results or a different result. So for us, we have to tweak things, and uh, this year is a little bit different because we have a quarterback that's coming off an injury, and we have a, uh, you know, a guy backing him up that that is competing for a spot and more playing time. So uh, that's different than what we had last year with with uh, Tanner and 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 Zach, pretty much battling it out.
0: How is Moroni coming along in
7: terms of his return? He's getting close. Yeah, he's, he's close. So we'll hopefully get him on the field soon and, and uh, get him ready for the season.
2: I know you guys have, have wanted to try and do more two tight end sets and to have that kind of a weapon. What, just the idea of that, what what kind of opportunities does that give this offense? Well, I mean,
7: they're mismatches, but, you know, I, I think they're just big bodies, Moroni and Matt, and those guys, they're all big bodies and they're big targets. And so I think... Um, you know, and a lot of them can run. I mean, Matt Bushman is really athletic and move, and so um, I think he can, he can function in, in the box, but he can also do some stuff out in space as well. So, yeah, we'll see. Are your receivers starting to show out a little bit like you expected them to early on? Yeah, they are. I mean, I, I think, I think the, we the you know, it's not like, um, I guess I'd just say we, we just have to find ways to get them the ball, right? So uh, I, I look at all the receivers that have played here. It's, it's not like the talent here is... Um, is worse or anything it's just uh, find ways to get them the ball so i think that'll be the key if we can do that then the receivers will have more of an impact and it's an opportunity for us to just utilize all five guys in 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 the offense you know and so um i think that's been lacking a little bit so if we can have a, a little mindset where we can include all five or that all five are an option then i think zach and jaron will have more uh, more uh, you know, have more success on the field throwing the ball and even dishing it out in the run game
0: BYU football coach Kalani Sataki now we're going to hear from a guy who I'm really intrigued by and I don't think I'm alone I think a lot of you are intrigued by this guy how good is running back Tyson Williams I got to admit off what I heard coming in I thought he was going to be the starter I thought he'd be the starter, and I thought uh, Lapini Katoa would be the backup. Now, of what we're hearing now, and you never know, because maybe it's just been from coaches, and, you know, they'll say one guy's in front, and then they'll say the other guy's in front, and it's all to motivate, you know, one guy or the other, and that, hey, you're in front, you could be the starter, Get you pumped up. Hey, he's in front, he could be the starter. You, you don't want to be the backup, do you? Play harder, come on, you got to pick this up, extra film, let's go. you got to be the starter, learn your blicks, pickups, up, pick and all that kind of stuff. I don't know. I thought Tyson was going to be the starter. Off what I'm hearing now, maybe it's the other way around, and maybe they just want it kind of floated that way. Maybe that's why we're hearing what we're hearing. Here is uh, Tyson Williams, transfer, South Carolina running back coming to BYU. Grad transfer. He's got one year. Can he come in and make an impact, Tyson Williams, with the media on 97.5 at 12:80 the Zone.
2: How does the running backs room that you've found at BYU kind of compare to, to what you're used to? Uh,
5: yeah, um, like I said, I mean, every running back room is different. I mean, I wouldn't try to compare a room to room, but uh, guys don't go to the league, just, you know, just from the SEC. You know, so guys have been to the league. Jamal Williams has been to the league from here. So, um, like I said, it's a very talented room, and um, we just want, we just look forward to going out there producing. Emmanuel
2: said one of the things to get used to is everything closed on Sunday here. A lot of chart- <laughs> chart- chart- different places. How have you how have you managed that?
5: Yeah, I managed it pretty good. I mean. Just like the first time I saw I was like, man, nothing is going on on Sunday. But, you know, in the South, you know, the only place that, uh, that closed on Sunday was Chick-fil-A. So, I mean, I got a small glimpse of it, but now it's just like everything across the board is closed. So, now it's been fine. So, I just try to, I don't know, cook something or whatever I need. I just try to make sure I have it, you know, uh, before
2: Sunday. Mm-hmm. That's just something you learn quickly? Yes, sir. You coming in here, what is kind of your primary motivation? Is this your final go around following your
5: collegiate? What's your primary motivation? Um, my primary motivation is just uh, being the best player that I can be, you know, when I step on the field. And then also, just like I said, just pointing to uh, the young guys, you know, just um, want to be able to, uh, you know, help them in their transition to, you know, uh, the things that they, they may encounter in, um, in the collegiate ranks. So um, those are just the t- two main things I look forward to. You to into Emmanuel pre- he kind of said, I'm, "I'm going to be the thunder, and I need somebody to be the lightning." You feel like you can be that that lightning to his thunder? Yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, I try to I try to do it all, but for sure, I mean, he's definitely like a big bruiser. So um, if he wants to claim that title, I, I don't mind it. How's your adjustment like just to the altitude and everything going? Yeah, I mean, when I first got out here, it was pretty rough. Um, mm-hmm. Just like I said, the dryness of the air and just you just get tired so quick, you know, when training. But um, I mean, day by day, it's gotten better.
2: Coach Kalani was saying earlier that. Ah, uh. He's been impressed by your professionalism, mm-hmm. for lack of a better term, I guess. I mean, not technically being a professional, but yeah. do you feel like the past couple of years, your time at, I guess, at both Carolinas kind of helped you sort of approach football in sort of a professional way, I guess?
5: Yeah, I think so. And I think it also just comes with uh, maturing. You know, as, as the years get older, I mean, you step in, on college being 17, 18 years old. And then, you know, for me now, I'm going, I'm about to be 23. So um, it's just a maturity thing and just understanding everything that, that goes on. You've had quite the careers, North Carolina, South Carolina, now BYU, yeah. what's it been like? Oh, man, it's been interesting. It's been interesting. Um, Just like I say, my first year at Carolina, man, it was just, you know, as a freshman, just getting adjusted to everything, it was just a whirlwind. But as I got older, you know, especially, like, when I got to South Carolina, I mean, things just kind of slowed down for me, you know, as a player and off the field and, um, you know, academics as well. So, um, you know, just the older you get, the the more accustomed you got to, you know, the college schedule and and everything that's
2: being demanded of you. You mentioned being so old at 23 years old. Was it a little weird stepping on campus and – Realizing that twenty three is like sophomore year.
5: Hey, so that's that's a that's a very true statement. So what what ended up happening is because usually I would be the oldest one in the locker room. So now I feel like, hey, I'm still young, you know. So that's just kind of a mindset thing, and I don't know. It was just kind of interesting. So I just don't feel as bad as as what I would if I was you know back in the uh, Sacramento or something like that.
2: Who's the most old man on this team that you've you've noticed? Uh, Not even age wise, but just like acts like the the old grandpa.
5: It's hard to say. I mean, everybody's pretty much mature. Um, but, I mean, you know, a lot of guys like to have fun, too. But it's hard It's hard to pick out just one person to say, you know, who's the most mature. I think they're all mature. But at the same time, you know, we like to have fun as well. Who's the most likely to show up after
2: practice in a cardigan, then?
5: In a cardigan?
2: <laughs> like an old man, grandpa-style uh, cardigan. Can you rock the cardigan? I mean, you, you talk about your... So I, I used to wear
5: cardigans. That's crazy. <laughs> when I was, uh, like, in ninth grade, but... Um, <laughs> I don't know, maybe... Uh, one of your teammates that? said Kavika. I don't know if that sounds right or not. Maybe they call him Kavika. Gramps, I Yeah, guess, but... Kavika is pretty old. I would probably go with that one. i will probably go with
6: that one.
0: <laughs> All right, there's Tyson Williams, and there is BYU camp. We're going to take a break. When we come back, PK and I with the former youth quarterback, Frank Dolce, stay with us.
6: Take the Zone with you wherever you go. Hey, let's go. Download the all-new Zone Sports Network app on your phone and get live streaming of The Zone as well as podcast editions of every show. From Salt Lake to Shanghai, Provo to Portugal, or Ogden to Oslo. Wherever you go, we'll tag along. Let's go. Download the new Zone app by searching Zone Sports Network wherever you shop for apps. It's the Zone Sports Network app. From 97.5, 1280, The Zone, and The Zone Sports Network.
0: Join Scottie in hands Wednesday, August 7th from noon to 3 at SoundSleep Medical, 8941 South, 700 East in Sandy. Time now to talk a little Utah football with former Utah quarterback Frank Dolce, and he joins us on the Sprint Special Guest Line. Get $100 off the redesigned Apple Watch 4 with a new line of service. Visit the local Sprint store near you. Frank, good morning.
8: Good morning, guys. Great to catch up with you. Frank,
0: you didn't really sell yeah. that. You, great to catch up with you. I mean, that didn't.
8: Uh, It didn't come out the right way. It was much more heartfelt than it sounded.
0: (laughs) I took it the way you meant it, no
4: problem.
8: Thanks. Well, yeah. PK, you know, you and I have a special connection, so I think we understand each other on a different level.
4: This guy
0: over here is an outsider, Frank. You and I aren't.
8: He's an outsider. Yeah. Always trying to get in.
0: Hey, I grew up in the South Bay. Different bay, though.
8: Santa Barbara is not the South Bay.
0: That's where I went to college. South Bay. South Bay in San Diego. Chula Vista, Bonita. That's the South Bay.
8: Oh, the super, super South.
0: Yeah, way South. south. Bay. Way, way South. All right, Frank. Yes. So, yeah. PK and I are not allowed to watch practice, and the coach will actually tease us, take shots about it at the start, because we are the media. But you, yeah. Frank, you are an ex-player. Do you have special practice viewing privileges? Have you seen Ergo No more than us?
8: So, I... I have been in communication with the coaches about this very issue, and they are they are being very strict about the practice viewing opportunities, and um, and you do have to have special clearance. But as an ex player, I do get to I get I get to go and see a little bit more than what the media sees. Although it's a funny mix because I'm also considered media so there is this there's a little there's a little anxiety about whether or not i attend a practice session if i'm an ex player or if i'm a media person if that makes sense
4: no yeah, i think they should trust you either way whoever they want to classify you i'm sure you'll do what's right and you won't be giving away secrets and i also think it's overblown anyway because once you get out on the ball field whatever happened on august 5th or 6th isn't going to have much reflection upon the game but nevertheless this may me some general questions here you know you were calling the games when Ludwig was there and now Ludwig is back and we've got the players which were they really started in spring uh, spring ball when we saw them and Covey's talking about it here this year you know it's going to be run heavy so what in your mind is going to be an accurate reflection of what we should expect out of Utah's offense this season
8: well, I think the run. I think the run heavy is accurate, and um, based on what I've what I've seen and, and who the people I've talked to, so I would guess that. I, I mean, someone was throwing around the number sixty five percent run, and you know that 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 may be super run heavy, but but I think it's certainly going to be a, an offense that's based in the run. And if Coach Ludwig has had an opportunity to look over Tyler Huntley's tapes, then I'm sure he noticed a four-ish game stretch last year when Huntley wasn't really asked to throw the ball downfield. He was much more into high-percentage passes near the line of scrimmage and then utilizing his legs to keep a a defense off balance, and that's when he was – absolutely most effective when they could rely on on zach moss and rely on the run game and then use the quarterback position to to keep the defense off balance and and he was completing nearly 70 percent of his passes in that stretch so that's what i would expect the offense to be is zach moss and and Zach Moss is going to be your superstar, and Tyler Huntley is going to be I, – I almost want to say game manager, but he's just not a game manager type of quarterback. But, but he's going to be a guy that's, that's going to be called on to be high percentage in the pass game and utilize his legs to keep a defense off balance, but certainly not uh, a foundation of the offense in the quarterback run game.
0: Are they going to look good when they have to make those uh, medium – when the, when the passing game has to make those medium – Distance throws and catches—they're going to be able to complete passes in that ten to fifteen to twenty-yard range.
8: Yeah, I think that I think there's a there's talent on this football team to to do exactly that. And in fact, I, I think that's where I—I I mean, I, I like a lot of the quick slants and hitches and getting stuff to the slot receivers quickly and in a little bit of space, five or six yards downfield. But but with a, a, a pretty good group of tight ends, young tight ends, but looks like a pretty good group of tight ends and with the talent that they have available on the on the outside I think there's absolutely the ability to throw the medium range and be successful in the medium range passing game Uh, I still have some my my big question mark about this offense is not I mean I know there's questions about the wide receivers or who's going to do this who's going to do that I, I don't I don't really have a question mark about the wide receiver group certainly not about the the quarterback and certainly not about the running backs. My question still lies up front with the offensive line and whether or not those guys are going to be able to to get the job done. So is there talent available to complete the passing game ten to fifteen yards downfield? Absolutely. With Tyler Huntley, with Zach Moss helping out in the blocking game or whoever is in the backfield helping out in the blocking game and with the talent they have on the outside, yes, they can complete that pass. My Question is: Do they have enough time to complete that pass downfield? And I, I'm, I think the jury's still out on that offensive line.
4: Is the jury out in your mind in both aspects of run and pass blocking?
8: Well, it's funny because I, and maybe it's just the way that Utah's played under the Whittingham era. Is I don't have as big, I don't have as much concern in the run game. I think they'll, I think they'll be able to run the ball effectively. I don't have I don't know that I have any concern whether or not they'll be able to run the ball effectively. I I have concern whether or not they'll be able to pass block effectively enough to to do the things that they'll need to do throwing the ball the medium range kind of passes. I and and maybe we'll see. I mean maybe Tyler Huntley's matured to the point where he can manage pressure a little bit a little bit differently this year. But that's always seemed to be the problem: is you put Tyler Huntley in a position where he has to sit in the pocket a long time. He gets anxious, he starts rolling around, and then all of a sudden the, the offense breaks down. He doesn't, He's not as accurate downfield, and then he puts himself in the supreme danger running around running, scrambling around with the football. So I, I don't have concern about run blocking. My, my concern about the offensive line is the ability to, to give Tyler Huntley enough time to make the throws downfield.
0: Frank Dolce, former Ute quarterback, joined us here on 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. So when Kyle talks about the O-line, and he probably does this on purpose, there just seems to be a gray area. And, you know, he'll talk about, hey, i got three guys, and I know about them. You know, they can do it. They, they were doing it last year. And then, you know, eh, we got seven guys. So I'm trying to figure out if he really believes these next four guys are really good D1 offensive linemen or if he's really just trying to sort out which two are going to start and then which two will rotate in and, and be backups? Do you think it's more sorting, or are they still, these other guys still having to prove they're the guys?
8: Well, how, how, does, he, how does he talk about his defensive line? Does he we're, say the same things about his defensive we're
0: line? Nine, we're nine deep. We're kicking your butt.
8: They're the best ever. There's yeah. no
0: hesitation. I mean, that
8: yeah, you know, the D-line's so going to be I good, it's,
0: or it's going to be great, but that's all
8: that's left. I think that's pretty telling the way he talks about the two different offensive lines. If he felt like he was seven deep or eight deep or whatever on the offensive line, I think you'd get that sense that this is a, re- this is a battle in camp, and, and no matter which five guys some you know rise to the top, we're going to be really good up front on the offensive line. I think he talks differently about his offensive line and his defensive line, and, and that's pretty telling.
4: As a player, do you like a tougher game with BYU first or a lesser opponent?
8: No, I, I, for lots of reasons, I like the the game with BYU up front and and the rivalry game up front. I think that makes I makes a lot of it makes a lot of sense and um and I I think it's a it's a game that shouldn't go away. I want it always on the schedule and I, I you know I i even I even like the idea of having Utah State on the schedule more regularly. I like the in-state rivalry kind of game. So, yeah, I I like that game up front for Utah. I don't think it makes any sense to have it late in the season and, you know, first games are first games are dangerous and first games are kind of kind of funny and and it's you never know which way the ball is going to bounce, but I think that makes sense for for everybody. Put that game right up front and and then let let both teams worry about the the rest of the football season. At one point, it made sense to have that that game. I don't know if you guys agree or disagree, but it seemed to me like at one point it had it made more sense to have that game at the end of the year, and you know when we we're in the same conference and things kind of wrapped up, and lots was riding on that game, and um, it was pretty exciting atmosphere. But but nowadays, I, I don't know, and maybe and maybe I'm being one sided. It just makes it makes sense to have that game right up
6: front.
0: Frank Dolce joining us here on 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Uh, It seems like Kyle always finds a kicker. And last time, (laughs) last time, he didn't pick the right kicker coming out you know he picked a guy and the guy missed the first kick so he and he said it was close competition so he let the other guy have the second kick and now that guy's banging 62 yarders in an nfl camp and the place is going crazy i was watching that in, in tampa i mean it, it was unbelievable how it all came together and there's just rock solid for a couple of years is that going to repeat itself or is there finally going to be a year where the youths are uh, youth fans are are sweating out every field goal attempt
8: it feels like this. I think punting game will be fine, but but uh, f- field goal and point after, and uh, I I think that g- that portion of the of the special teams is is a big question mark right now. So I'm not sure that that Utah's going to have that reliable. You know, hey, we're when when we get within 45 yards, we're we're pretty good. We we, we think we're going to be about 75 or 80% making those, those field goals, putting up those points. So this feels like the year under, under Coach Whittingham that there just is a little bit of uh, uncertainty about the kicking, kicking position, which is surprising because special teams in the kicking game has always, has, for as long as it's been there, they've always been a real bright spot for the youth. So I, I, it could be more exciting in the kicking game this year than in years past.
4: What's the difference for Utah as far as being the favored and the hunted versus one of the non-favorites doing the hunting?
8: It's. I think it's always the way that you manage it. It's. It's really easy to be. Well, it. I mean, it's easier to be on the other side of it with a lack of expectation when you're the underdog and you just go in there and you can be loose and play relaxed and and be disruptive and, and all of those things, the expectation isn't, isn't the same on the outside or within the, within the team. So although everybody says, wait, we're going to go win this game, no matter who the opponent is. So when you're playing from on top, the expectation changes. And, and how do you manage that expectation? Do you play tight? Do you get nervous? Are you anxious? Does that alter the way that you play the game? I think it's just, it's a different, it's a different, different atmosphere when you're on top. And so, you know, one of the amazing things about all of these really successful teams is how they manage themselves playing from on top and how they manage all of the, the anxiety that goes, goes along with that. It's just a different atmosphere when you're the underdog uh, versus being, being, you know, the, the guy that everybody's all of a sudden you're the, you're the one they circle on the schedule every week. So We'll see. I think that's the. To me, that's just going to be the difference. How will this Utah football team manage uh, being being the favorite every week? And and it looks as you go across their schedule. I mean, maybe I don't know. Maybe there's a couple games where just based on talent, based on preseason, where they they won't necessarily be the favorite. But it should be the majority of the weeks this year. They'll be they'll be going in as as the guys. that someone's trying to knock off
0: Frank Dolce joined us here on 975 and 1280 the zone. Frank, we look forward to talking to you as the uh, as the uh, season gets going. Thanks for uh, jumping on with us here today.
8: Yeah, absolutely. It's my it's my uh, pleasure. I've been listening in a little bit this morning. Looks like you guys are kind of getting into mid-season form around football here. It's just it's already opened up.
4: Yeah, absolutely. It's exciting time.
8: Very very exciting. So I have one question for you because you said something about Coach Winningham. Now, is he publicly saying things about the closed practices to the media? like okay, I'm at the, uh, He did the at first the media day.
4: About, the he, first practice, oh, We DJ you. and I walk up to him, so he made a comment, something along the lines, so what you guys see in practice today? <laughs> <laughs> and I said, you make that, that comment one more time, and I'm going to drop you. And then, of course, he didn't make it again.
8: So one one last question. What is the official what is the official policy for media surrounding Utah football because I just I haven't seen it. I just keep hearing about it. But what is the what's the policy?
4: Well, I think it's been in recent years like the last 20 30 minutes in training camp so those 3 weeks. Yeah. Once they start game preparation than uh, media availability like on a Monday and Tuesday if the game's Saturday, if it's a Thursday or Friday, then just Monday, but you do not view any portion. So basically they've instituted the season practice, in-season policy during the training camp, and we've been told it's because it's BYU.
6: Oh. (laughs) Frank.
8: (laughs) Gotcha. (laughs) Gotcha.
4: So, the what line, does O mean, Frank? The line of oh, thinking yeah. would be uh-huh. <laughs> next year, if they're not, well, I don't know. Are they playing BYU to start next year? I don't know. No, so I think they're in uh, two years. Then it would go back to being open. But since it's BYU and there's a lot of crossover, okay. it's Kyle either following some form of superstition or being extra careful. And then there's also the thought that, you know, they don't want to let. Uh somebody like us see what's up with Britton Covey, and how available is he going to be? how healthy is he going to be for game one
8: yeah yeah well, that's interesting i uh, with regard to to Britton covey i if he's not hundred percent healthy, I just don't think it makes sense to play him until you start conference games i mean it's just it seems like if you're in non non conference games then you don't need to take a risk with that guy if he's not hundred percent but um so yeah. Interesting, interesting things. I, I had a little I had a, a, some communication with the coach and he he indicated that security was so tight that it was scary. I mean, that, that was the comment that he made to me. So I don't know what's going on in, under there, but it sure it sure lends itself to a lot of uh, intrigue about the program right now.
0: You know, there's speculation we've both heard about, uh, you know, if if Liz Abel was still there, would this have happened? She would have pushed back. And what would Kyle have done? So, I don't know. The times they are know. changing, Frank.
8: <laughs> I know. Isn't it the truth? Isn't it? Do you remember the good old days when you could just walk up there and walk out on the practice field? My habit is I had a guy, one of the fans, who offered me a bag of potato chips during a practice. <laughs> <day>. <laughs> so, all right, guys. Well, I can't wait to get football season rolling and catching up with you each week.
0: All right. Thank you, Frank. We'll look forward to it. Hey, thanks. Talk to you soon. There is Frank Dolce, now a member of the media. Once upon a time, Utah's quarterback. But that was back in the 90s, early in the McBride era. All right, we're going to take a break. When we come back, what is trending? All the headlines are on the way. This is 97.5 and 1280 The Zone.